You're listening to the Woman Power Zone podcast with host Ariel Hubbard, empath, energy worker, and massage therapist who shares secrets and stories of women's empowerment, learned from over 32 years of working in holistic healing arts and talking with thousands of women about their amazing life stories. If you are seeking ways to grow, pivot, heal, and up-level your life, you are in the right place. Here is your host, Ariel Hubbard. Welcome to Woman Power Zone. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the power purchase car edition. We're going to talk about how women can be more empowered when they're buying a car. Stay with us. Welcome to Woman Power Zone. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the power of purchase car edition. And I'm going to be discussing different things you might want to think about before you buy a car, the actual car buying process, and situations you may want to avoid or you might have to address when you're going into a car buying environment. Okay, so let's talk about this. So here's the thing. Before you buy a car, you're going to want to figure out what you want to buy that car for, right? There are different needs. Some people need to transport children or family members or dogs or groceries or uh, equipment. Some people may want to buy a car as an investment, like if it's a restored car. Some people may want to buy a car for commuting to and from a job. So there are all these different reasons why you would want to buy a car. And then you want to start looking at which kind of cars will meet those needs, right? So I really recommend you do a lot of research online before you ever go into a dealership because once you get into a dealership, their goal is to sell you that day, regardless of what you tell them. Like if you say, I'm just looking, they don't care. Their goal is to try to get you to buy something that day and they're going to do whatever it takes to try to get you to buy something. So it's really helpful if you do a lot of your work remotely first. So there are a lot of different types of cars out there and you might want to look at the reputations. You might want to look, do you want to buy a truck, a pickup, a van, a minivan? Do you want to buy a uh, SUV, a sedan? There's so many different options, a convertible. There are a lot of different options for you out there. But one of the things you might want to think about is, okay, if I'm going to buy this car for a specific use, okay, then you need to think about your budget, right? And you know that in this podcast, we've talked about money before. We've talked about money um, in other episodes, especially early on. And um, it's really important to, you know, if you don't have a good credit score, you're going to want to get that up before you go to buy a car because they're going to charge you interest rates based on your car FICO score, which is not the same thing as your regular FICO score. So you might want to do some research on car FICO scores. But the thing is, those are based on your car payments and history for buying cars previously in your life. Okay, so I just want you to be aware that there is something called a car FICO score. Power of Money um, and part, part one and two, those are episodes 16 and 17 of this show. And I would recommend you go back and listen to those because you want to organize your budget. You want to know exactly how much money you can put down and you want to know how much money you have to spend on a car payment because they're going to try to talk you into something that's more than that. And you do need to know that 
once you do your basic car negotiations, they're going to bring you into a room with a person who's going to try to upsell you on things like car alarms and warranties. Now, warranties is not a bad thing, by the way. And also gap insurance is not a bad thing. That's helpful. But they'll try to upsell you to try to get more money from you because that's where they make a lot of extra margin on their car sale. So just know, like, this is what I can do. And this is where I'm at because they're going to try to negotiate with you. And they're going to try to get you to buy something that day. Okay. So like if, for instance, if you have a budget of $300 a month, they're going to try to get you to do a lease on a car, not a car sale. Hey, everybody. If you're loving this show and you want to make a difference, please go to Apple Podcast Ratings and give the show a five-star rating. Thanks so much. It's appreciated. A few years ago, I actually, during COVID, I walked into a car um, dealership and I said I was looking and they instantly pounced on me and were trying to get me and pressuring me. They were pressuring me to lease a car because that fit the number amount, the dollar amount that I was looking for. And I didn't want to lease a car. I wanted to buy a car. Let me tell you why. So again, I'm not a financial expert, but I do have a lot of experience buying cars as a woman. And I've done this numerous times. And I will tell you that cars do depreciate the instant you walk off the lot with them or drive off the lot with them, right? So when you buy a car or if you want to lease a car, that's fine. Some people lease cars because they want a new car every three years or they're in a profession where they have to have a new car all the time. So like if you're a real estate agent and you drive people around in your car and you want a very new car, a three-year lease might make sense to you. So if you're interested in buying a car where you can pay off a car payment, right? You have that car payment paid off and then you own a car free and clear, you're going to want to buy a car. So a lot of people that are buying cars these days, they're taking out loans for five, six, or seven years long, okay? And so if you're interested in something like that, that you can keep long-term with a car that's actually going to last you, you might want to consider buying instead of leasing. Even though it seems like it's more money or it seems like the monthly car payments are more, you're going to keep that car and then you're going to end up with that car having no payments on it at a certain point in the future, And if you're a mom of a child that's going to be of driving age, that might come in really handy because then you have a car that's paid off, but by the time they're able to drive, you can either sell them the car or give them the car depending on what you want to do, but that's a car that's owned free and clear that you don't have to make payments on. That's really a good thing. Okay, so first of all, research what kind of car you want, research what you're going to use it for. And then you're going to look at cars that meet that need, right? And then you're going to talk to your friends and you're going to look online and you're going to do review research. And you're going to look at what people say about those particular cars. And your goal is to narrow it down to like three different cars that you're interested in buying. And they don't all have to be the same brand either, right? You can go to different dealerships. But what you do is you narrow that down to three different cars that you are thinking about either leasing or buying. Okay, then you get your budget set up and you get your budget set up 
for how much money you're going to put down and then how much you'd like to pay a month. And just know that it's good for you to have a range because when you get into the dealership, they're going to try to negotiate with you. Okay. So once you have that set up, you might want to consider bringing someone with you to the dealership. Now, I'm going to suggest a couple things, and I'm going to explain why I'm going to suggest these things. It might be helpful for you to bring a man with you if you have a man in your life, regardless of whether they're your father, your brother, a relationship, or just a friend. Sadly, I have to say that in a lot of dealerships, sexism is still rampant, okay? And a lot of times... Um, people will speak to the man who's there instead of you, the woman, and they will try to negotiate with the man instead of you, the woman. But you can use this to your advantage. You can do the good cop, bad cop scenario where you can play the good cop. Oh, I'm interested in this car and I want to do this and I want to do that. And then the bad cop, the person, and it doesn't have to be a man, but it's helpful and they can play the bad cop which is no, but that costs too much and that there's this problem and there's that problem and this issue. And what that does is that keeps the salesperson a little bit um, in a mode where they're more willing to negotiate with you. I've done this with my dad on the phone before. I've done this with my dad in person before. If you're not really confident with car buying, it is a good idea to bring somebody with you. Now, if you have experience with car buying, and you don't feel like you need to bring someone with you, that's fine too, but you do have to have good boundaries. The whole point of having another person there is to offset any um, anything that, that the salesperson is saying by questioning them. Say, well, what about this issue? Well, what about that? What about this? What about that? And what it does is it, believe it or not, gives you more room to negotiate so that you have this other person saying no when you might be saying yes, then the tactics change with the salesperson. Then instead of trying to intimidate or push, which is what a lot of them do, now they're on the defensive a little bit because they're having to answer questions, not just from you, but from another person. And a lot of times, if you do bring a man with you, they will defer to that person. Again, this is a stereotype, but I've experienced it numerous times while car buying. Other women I know have also experienced this. It may not end up being your experience at all, but I do want you to know that it could be a possibility. You could also experience people hitting on you if you're by yourself, which I've had happen. You could experience uh, people trying to pressure you if you're by yourself, which I've also had happen. So, It's just a suggestion. If you don't agree with it, go ahead and leave it. You don't have to follow my suggestion on that. But regardless, whether you bring someone with you or not to help you negotiate, you're going to want to know exactly what it is that you want, how much you're willing to spend, and what you're okay with. And you need to be willing to walk away. So here's the thing. You don't want to come into car buying with emotions high. Car buying is a business decision. As I've mentioned before, you're going to be entering into a contract where you're going to be paying money. You're going to be paying an interest rate. You're going to be 
They're going to be looking at your auto FICO scores, not your regular FICO scores, but your auto FICO scores, which is a history of your car payments in the past. They're going to be trying to negotiate an interest rate with you based on your credit, right? They're going to be looking at, you're going to be picking the terms of your loan and the rates that you're going to be paying monthly depend on how much deposit you're going to put down. And you know that when you drive off that lot, that car starts to depreciate. So it's really important for you to think about this as a business decision, not, oh, I love this car and I have to have it because you do need to be willing to walk away. If for some reason the deal isn't working, you're not comfortable with the salesperson, you feel like you're being pressured, um, you've spent you know three hours going through the car and looking at it, and then you get into the negotiation room where they're trying to pressure you to buy a car alarm and you don't want to do it, you need to be prepared to walk away. Because if you can walk away, a lot of times they'll be willing to agree with your deal that you want and that you come in the door with. Now, I have had this happen. I definitely recommend that you use your intuition. I did do a good cop, bad cop with my dad a couple times. Once was by phone and one time was in person And I knew how much money I wanted to put down. I knew how much money that I wanted to spend a month. And, you know, the car dealership representative, he wanted to try to get me to spend about $5,000 more because that was his profit that he was going to earn, his commission, basically. Or the dealership was going to make money and then he was going to get a commission on that, right? So they're always going to try to talk you up to something or try to get you buy features that you don't want to buy right? So I said, that's not working for me. I'm out of here. And my dad was walking behind me. And so the dealership uh, representative starts whispering in his ear and I ended up getting the exact deal that I wanted. Okay. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk more about the car buying process and things you need to be aware of so that you don't lose out financially. This podcast is sponsored by Hubbard Education Group, creating wellness through education. If you've wanted to learn about being an empath, healing, energy work, consciousness, or massage, we have online and in-person courses for you. Find us on Facebook at Hubbard Education Group, that's Hubbard Education Group, or go to www.arielhubbard.com. That's www.arielhubbard.com. And if you're on Clubhouse, you can find Ariel Hubbard by looking up Ariel Hubbard, A-R-I-E-L-H-U-B-B-A-R-D. And we're back. Okay, so let's talk about the actual process. So once you've done your research, you know your budget, you know how much money you're going to put down, You have an idea of three cards you want to pick. Now's the time to go in the dealership. Reminding you again that they're going to try to get you to buy when you go to that dealership that first time. So if you just want to test drive cars, you're going to need to make sure they know that that's what you're there for. Okay? And that's it. And again, they're still going to try to get you to buy. So when you go into the dealership, I also want to warn you, some dealerships will send out these phony messages like emails or coupons or whatever. Hey, we know you have X car and we're going to give you X amount of dollars for that car when you trade it in for a new car. 
Just so you know, that's rarely ever true. They're doing that to get you to walk in the door so they can close you on a sale. I've actually had a dealership say, oh yeah, we, we just make that up to get people to come in here. They've actually, after I pressured them to tell me why they sent that to me, if they didn't mean it. And so they finally answered my question. It took me um, some bugging them to get an answer out of them about that. So I just want you to know, it's not necessarily something when they send you those coupons or those offers, those things are not based in truth at all. And I just want to make sure that you're aware of that because I don't want you to go into the dealership expecting to get $17,000, you know, for your Honda Pilot when that is just not going to happen. <laughs> it's just a fib. It's a really good idea if you are trading in a car vehicle to look up the Kelly Blue Book value. And that's K-E-L-L-E-Y, Blue Book value of what your actual current car is worth if you're going to trade something in. So you know what that value is. So when they try to offer you $500 on a car that's worth $5,000, you know that that's not something you're going to accept. Okay. So then you go into the dealership and you, you look at the car specifically that you would like to consider buying. Make sure you do a test drive. That car needs to feel good to you. It needs to feel good to your body sitting in the seat. You need to have enough room to use the car. You need to look at the different options. They're always going to try to sell you with a more advanced option package. Some people like cars that are, quote, loaded with all the options. Some people want to save money and don't want to spend money on that. You have to decide which one you want. Sometimes they'll sell you floor mats. Some cars will come with a floor mats. Floor mats are expensive, by the way. You should know that if you have a car and has floor mats and that's included in the price, you should consider buying those or taking those with the car because they're worth quite a bit. You could spend hundreds of dollars on floor mats. As That's another little tip. And just notice some of them don't have them. Okay, so... Also, you might want to just think about, like, look at the car. Look at the condition of the car. If you're buying new versus used, think about that. New, you're going to get, um, you can get upgrades for more advanced packages or options. If you're getting a used car, I really, really recommend that you buy from a dealership that has certified pre-owned, meaning the dealership has gone through a very specific process to check and repair any issues with the car before you buy them. I recently was looking at buying a used car, and this is what the guy said. He said, well, I worked for Honda for eight years, and I checked out the car, and it's fine. Never, ever take somebody's word for it. That's just a story they're selling you to try to get you to buy a car. You need to see that it's pre-owned, and you need to see what they did pre-owned, and certified pre-owned, they usually do a checklist of everything they've checked and worked on, and they usually do that in writing, so you can check that. Especially if that car comes with a guarantee that there are no issues, so that if there are issues after you buy it, you can take it back and get those things fixed. Um, also, sometimes they'll say, this particular salesman said, well, I can show you the car facts. Okay. You need to know what a Carfax is a record of the accidents that a vehicle has been in. And you do need to know that if you own a car and it's been an accident, 
that the value goes down significantly. So that they're going to ask you that question if you trade in something, okay? But you also need to know that if you're buying a used car and it's been an accident, the Carfax may or may not show that. And let me explain to you. I found this out by networking with a woman who owns a body shop. So sometimes people get into accidents, but they don't report those to their insurance company, especially if they're under a certain dollar amount because they don't want their insurance to go up. So they'll take a car to a body shop and get it fixed. Body shops are not allowed to report these repairs to Carfax. So a car that's used could have been in an accident that was never reported to insurance that was fixed at a body shop. So if you are thinking about buying a used car, you want to look at that car very carefully. You want to get the history. The, you want to get the history of like repairs that have been done to it, like what were new tires bought, were there I mean, any issues, was the engine repaired? Like you want to get all that information before you consider buying it. And I really recommend that if you don't buy something or consider buying something that's certified pre-owned, that's been through a checklist at the dealership, any used car you buy, you take it to a mechanic and get it checked out. And a mechanic you trust, by the way, before you buy it. My first car buying experience, when I was in college, I'd saved up several thousand dollars. We went to a used car lot that was renting cars. They said, as is. If you see as is, you really want to be careful. They steam cleaned the engine. I told my dad, shouldn't we take it to the mechanic? He said, nah, it's fine. We drive it. It was fine. And then he bought it. Well, I bought it. The next day, the the uh, sorry, the next day, a gasket blew on the engine and the entire engine had to be replaced. And that was worth like $3,000. And this is way back in like 1989. That was a lot of money back then. So make sure you get that car checked out before you think about buying it. If you're buying something that's used, that's really, really important. Okay. So you test drive the car. If you go to multiple dealerships, you go and test drive multiple cars, and then you decide which one you like, and then you start negotiating with the salesperson. If they try to push you, they try to uh, bully you, or they try to hit on you, walk away immediately and go somewhere else, okay? Because that's not going to work. You have to have a good relationship with the salesperson. Talk about the price, what you want down, what the payments are, what the options are. Make sure everything fits in your budget. Then when you go to the final stage, then when you go to the final stage of looking at actual purchasing and doing the paperwork, they're going to try to sell you some things. Most cars that are new come with a warranty. It's usually about two years. I definitely recommend you consider paying the extra money to extend the warranty to four years. Because honestly, you really don't want to mess with car repairs, especially when you're buying a new car. You just don't, right? That's worth it. And that's some in some dealerships, they'll say, if you don't use this warranty, we'll give you money back. And that's actually a real thing in a lot of uh, situations, okay? That's not necessarily a sales tactic. Um, there's a thing called gap insurance, and that is if you accidentally total your car before you've paid off the loan, that pays off the money due on the loan 
I definitely recommend buying that, okay? Because if you buy a $60,000 car and it gets totaled in year two and you still owe $45,000 on it, the gap insurance will pay that. So I recommend that you consider getting that. Car alarms. Now, I don't know about other um, types of cars besides Honda because I've been buying Hondas for years and I talk with someone who's a key expert. So I know this. Honda keys are electronic and mechanical. It's extremely difficult to replicate those. So don't buy the car alarm. You don't need it. It's going to drive you up the wall. Um, It's a waste of money. And a lot of other cars also have these electronic keys with fobs and they have a mechanical aspect to them as well. So you don't have to use a car alarm. That's a waste of money, honestly. I don't recommend that at all. If they try to sell you additional features, consider them carefully before you think about buying those. Remember your budget. Remember how much money you want to spend. You also, again, consider the difference between leasing and buying. When I was buying my car during COVID, the guys pressured me into, they just kept bugging me to lease it. So I went into talk with the guy about the finances and he said, you don't look happy. And I said, I'm not. And he goes, why? I said, I told these guys that I wanted to buy a car. All they did was pressure me into leasing one. I don't want to lease a car. I want to buy a car. I said, if I lease this car and then bought it, how much money would it cost? So he gives me a number. And then I said, if I just bought the car, how much would that be? And there was an $11,000 difference because some people, they lease a car for three years and then they buy it. That is the worst way to do that. The dealership was going to make $11,000 just off of that. If you're going to buy a car, straight out buy it. Don't lease it and then buy it, okay? Because you're going to waste your money. All right. So once you decide what you're going to do, once you negotiate with them, if you're going to sell them your old car, make sure your car is cleaned out before you go to the dealership. Otherwise, you're going to spend time in the parking lot cleaning out your car. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. And you don't need that. So if you are seriously considering trading in your car, make sure you know that Kelly Blue Book value before you trade it in. Make sure you get a fair price for your trade-in. That's really important. Okay, so you do all that. You get your car and you have it. Make sure you register it. Make sure you get car insurance for it. You also need to know that if you do buy a new car, your car registration fee is going to go up. Sometimes you need to do a notification. Like if you're selling a car to the dealership, you need to make sure the DMV knows that car has been sold because if for some reason the car that the dealership buys from you and is sold to yet another person and they get in an accident, you don't want to be held responsible for that. So if you do sell them your trade-in, you have to bring the pink slip with you for that car. And then you have to make sure that they sign off on it, that they're buying it from you. And you should get a copy of that document in case for whatever reason, years later, this has happened to me. Someone comes back and says, hey, that car was involved in an accident. Actually, it was my ex-husband's car. But the point is because you want to have documentation to prove that you sold it, 
so that if that ever someone ever comes back to you, you could say, nope, that's not my car. I sold this. That's not me. And that way you have proof. Make sure when you leave the dealership, you have all the documents from this car sale and um, purchase. So like if you're selling your, your, your used car and buying a new car or you're buying a used car, make sure you have all the documentation. Now, there are people that are going to counsel you to never buy a new car, that you could buy a slightly used car that has like one or two years of use on it, maybe 10,000 miles, because then the person who bought that car, they paid all the depreciation. That, I mean, that's an argument, and you could, you could go with that if you want to. Or you could buy a brand new car and have the knowledge that you have a four-year warranty because you paid for the two extra years. And these are things you don't have to worry about. Once you get your new car, you might want to recommend, I would, once you get your new car and you drive off the lot with it, I would recommend not only making sure you paid the registration. Now, it's a lot of times dealerships will pay for that, but you need a check to make sure that's paid for. Making sure your insurance is updated with the new car information on it. Take a look at the owner's manual and look at the maintenance schedule on that and plug those dates in your calendar. Make sure that you regularly change the oil, that you get the fluids checked, that you consider rotating the tires consistently. And tires are going to last you about three years-ish. So make sure that you put that in your calendar that you need to get new tires at about the three, three and a half year mark. And enjoy your car and be proud of yourself for negotiating. Always make sure you stand up for yourself. Don't let anybody push you around. Don't let anybody change your mind. And if you do bring somebody with you, they can be that person that supports you while you're doing this. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope it gave you some information that you can use. And I really appreciate you listening. Definitely pass this on to other people that are thinking about buying a car. And thanks for joining me today. Remember to move with your power and into your magnificence. Have a great day. Are you experiencing overwhelm, frustration, stress, or anxiety? Do you need help with insomnia? We'll contact Ariel Hubbard at Hubbard Health Solutions. Ariel offers 25 modalities to help you move forward. You can deal with the pandemic and still experience balance and calm. Contact Ariel at arielhubbard.com. That's arielhubbard.com.